0: Hey guys, Dr. Robert Frederickson here with the Frederickson Health Show. Today in this episode, we talk a lot about musculoskeletal health. We talk about effective ways to properly stretch your body, musculoskeletal imbalances, and why if you're stretching over and over again and not seeing results, what that might be. With this podcast, we are interviewing Dr. John Cebulski of the Anatomy Therapy Podcast where he's giving his practical tips and tricks to help you in your musculoskeletal journey. This is for informational purposes only. If you have an injury or you have a medical condition, please always consult your healthcare provider before trying anything um, that you hear on the internet. Again, we're not giving medical advice, only providing information. Thank you again for tuning in. We really appreciate it if you could subscribe to the podcast so we can share this knowledge with the internet world. And again, thank you again for joining us and supporting us. We really appreciate it. Hope you enjoy. hey what's up guys dr robert frederickson here with the frederickson health show today we have the msk wizard uh, dr uh, john Sobolski. he is a practitioner out in central texas and he also runs or co-runs the anatomy therapy podcast so today we're gonna pick his brain just we're gonna try to like be real concise on one subject because i know we could talk about a lot on the human body but dr Sobolski is an absolute wizard and hopefully he can help me get my hamstrings uh a little bit less tight as i
1: call it quotation marks tight so uh dr sabolski thank you so much for coming on today yeah man it's a pleasure it's just good to catch up with you i'm 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 excited about your new podcast and all the the videos i see often man it's uh really excited to be on and be a part of it oh, i appreciate it, man i'm just trying to keep up with you <laughs> that's why i have a partner because i can't do it all on my own my partner oh. bobby riley uh, used to work for the same company as us way back in the day. Uh, I need a partner to keep me going, man. So kudos to you. I appreciate. It. Oh, well, hey, let's go ahead and um, let's talk about that. So yeah, so you
0: met Dr. Riley. I didn't know he worked for Rusty. Yeah.
1: yeah, he worked for Rusty uh, back in the day. Then he left and went to Iceland. Uh, his wife had a very successful travel blog, uh, kind of took off haphazardly, and now she it's like almost a part time job for her. She's a chiropractor as well. Uh, so yeah, they live in Iceland and, uh, yeah, we caught up. We always kind of, you know, I've same with you. I'll have other doctors that I've worked with that'll shoot me messages and ask me questions and we'll go back and forth about things like tight hamstrings. And, uh, he and I have kept up over the years and he was like, you know what, instead of just messaging back and forth, maybe we should start this podcast. And I was like, all right. And, uh, so now our text messages are on a podcast.
0: I Uh, love that. Just letting the world know or get inside like your deep knowledge base I love it. So I love, listen to your podcast all the time. I always learn a nugget or two. There's always new stuff to, to learn. So I love those conversations. And I was wondering how, you had, how that worked, how you, how you guys thought of the podcast. Can you go into more, more of like, hey, we need to get sure. this live. We need to like get more people on board with this. Is it more for practitioners? Is it more for the general public?
1: Yeah, we've, well, we've kind of struggled with that because we like to just BS together. And it's all, it's more for us initially. Uh, if, you know, cause if you're not, if you don't love it, then, you know, the people will know that you don't love it, but it tends to be more so for doctors, practitioners, physical therapists, physios, since Bobby's over there, we actually have a good European following. So I have nice. to start considering like what the physios think which is a little bit more how you and I kind of practiced back in the day. Uh, the company we work for was a li- is still a little bit ahead of their time and doing a lot of manual therapy. So I was kind of lucky to kind of bridge those things. But yeah, we just have a conversation about usually it's w- what interests us that week. You know, if we had an interesting case that week, and then we kind of, we've slowly gotten better at refining things. If you kind of, As you kind of pointed out earlier, it's just good to keep it on one topic and go ahead. As you can tell, I'm all over the place, so. But yeah, and, it's just what, what I interests into. us that week. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well,
0: cool. I want to I get into like muscle tightness. I want to talk about just for people who have chronically tight muscles, soft mm-hmm. tissues, et cetera. And I know a lot of the factors that are contributing to my tightness. But like if you didn't know me and I told you, hey, doc, my hamstrings are tight. I stretch them every day or maybe I don't. I gave up. Like what's going on there? Like what are some common issues with that that you see in your practice
1: yeah, I mean, it, again, it, like it, it's going to, A, kind of depend on a good history. You know, are you an ex-athlete? What are your activity levels now is what I'm kind of thinking initially. Um, you know, what makes you say they're tight? How is it that you even notice that they're tight? Are you, know, are you bending down to deadlift? Is that why you notice they're tight? Or is it, is it tough to tie your shoes? You know, so I'm trying to look at those more like active lifestyle things to hopefully meet you uh, where you need to go, if that makes any sense makes perfect sense and
0: we know that a lot of the tension in the hamstrings aren't really the hamstrings right there's so many other variables components as you always right. like for the wizard and finding out like maybe it's a dysfunctional sling pattern maybe it's the hip flexor right. maybe the lumbo pelvis is dysfunctional right we kind of go into that a little bit for hamstring tightness and maybe yeah. like a quad dominance what what would you look for for those
1: imbalances yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's always the push-pull in the body. So those hamstrings are kind of a secondary slow mover. So there's, they're tied to some pretty big muscles, like they're near the glutes, they're opposite of the quads. Uh, and then, of course, the hip flexors are going to counter those hip extensors. So anytime there's a push, there's a pull in the body. And if you're only feeling it in one area, oftentimes you check the opposite side, you can notice those imbalances. Some imbalances the patient or the, your client will sense, but then there's others that they don't sense. And those are almost the more dangerous ones. So I'm just thinking about push and pull on the body, um, especially with those hamstrings. So what like, and here's the other thing. Well, with your hamstring, is it one hamstring or is it both? It's both. Oh, geez, man. Come but but, I'm, but uh, my theory is
0: I'm wound no. tight. I'm wound tight, Yeah. always been tight Yep. or felt tight. Yep. I pull muscles very easily. I always have, I've been fast. I think yeah. I have fast twitch muscle fibers. I mean, I used to maybe anyways, but I just pull things really easy.
1: Yeah. Really easy almost. So like, I don't think there's a problem too with tension as well. Like I know that, you know, in our world, mobility is kind of the key. Everybody wants to be mobile and flexible, but a lot of that tension can produce, like you said, speed and athleticism. So sometimes if you are tense and you, as a doctor, you want to take some of that away, you almost can take away some of the athletic capability of a person as well. So, you know, that's why I would ask, like, why is that tension a bad thing? You know, like if you're a, if you're a track athlete and you can get off out of those blocks real quick, then that's awesome. Right. So like, why is that tension a problem is where I'm going at first. I, I say for now, it's a problem because when I
0: run, I'm too tired. Like I'm not, I'm not stopping because I'm like fatigued, cardiorespiratory Mm. fitness is, is fine. But my muscles feel like literally if I keep going, I feel like I might
1: tear something when I walk (laughs) or get out of my car the next day. So, so so do you think, do you feel like maybe like the resting level uh, of where your muscles, like a muscle should contract and relax. Right. And if there is kind of a spectrum from contract to relax, that your neutral is more towards that contract side. I would say that. I would say it's probably weak. I say my body's probably getting tight, sure. compensate for a weakness. Uh, I don't know. I'm just tight all the time. <laughs> you're, just, you're just, yeah. And that's and that's fine. Yeah. So I mean, like one of the things that I would like immediately do, and it's a very kind of well-studied uh, exercise, are kind of these step-down exercises where uh, you you you. A lot of people will do it on a slant board. And people sometimes will do it off a step. You'll step to the side, but this one is kind of stepping forward, almost letting your knee go forward, and it's overloading the quads. Okay. And typically it teaches you to, well, runners will, where they have knee pain, will step forward and you'll feel the knee or the patella starting to hurt there. But what you do is learn to keep your chest back, uh, disengaging your hip flexors, and you start to feel the middle of the quad kind of working which is there's a, pro- there's a difference between quad dominance and just using your quads appropriately. So sure. like a lot of the quad problem is the quads and the hip flexors are working together. But if you could get those quads and hip flexors working alternately, then you got some money. But, but basically those step forwards is one foot is going and one foot is kind of stepping forward and down. So you're just learning to contract and feel your quad, which is opposite of the hamstring. Nice. I,
0: I love that little pearl there. Is that a I've heard you talk about this in your previous one of your previous podcasts about like referencing the knees over toes guys that kind of one one of his premises or one of his concepts.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a really well studied exercise, but because in the very beginning of the exercise, people will feel their knee pain uh, a little bit. People start to back off and have kind of thrown the exercise away. But yeah, he's an active proponent of building in some load and tolerance. So. And this is, I'm sure you've encountered this with your workouts or whatever. Things start to hurt a little bit, right? But if that pain isn't the same as neurologic, progressively worsening symptoms, then ride that pain wave. You know what I mean? Sometimes things just hurt. Like when you're talking about running, oh man, like it feels like it's going to snap. That's progressive. Let's stop there. But there are those people who are like, oh, I had a workout and it hurts so bad. what do you mean by hurt, you know, where your muscles just burning from, you know, doing a bunch of reps, that's a good hurt. You know what I mean? Right. And so that's why this exercise can be very tricky. If you can kind of go into the hurt and find that it's actually not going to do anything horrible to you, then it's actually very beneficial. Right. I love that. I love that. So
0: I want to talk a little bit about length, uh, length, tension, relationships, what you think about that, and sorry, I'm, I'm going to back, backtrack. Yeah, you, you made perfect sense. My mentor in chiropractic school, he um, he treats a lot of professional athletes. And he told me, he's like, Robert, like, sometimes you don't stretch people that are that have a lot of tightness because this athlete, like, he did all, like, the best things he knew he worked on for 45 minutes. Normally, his treatment was for, like, 20 minutes. But he's like, I just, I went double time on the mobility and all their soft tissue work. And they did, like, considerably worse than, like, their 400-meter race. Like, he's like, and that was eye-opening to him. It's eye-opening to me. It's like, okay, so maybe we don't need – got to put the sport at hand. we got to put the goals in mind and figure out, hey, sometimes we need some tension. We need to just, you know, get warmed up dynamically as much as we can without, you know, losing some of the fundamental strength that makes us a good athlete. So that was, that was a pretty cool story that he told me, and I was like, okay.
1: Awesome. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I totally agree. And I've been, and
0: I've been guilty of it too. And I've, you know, I've had CrossFit athletes and I've given them all this stuff. And then on, on that, I guess that open workout or whatever, Hey, like, let's just back down. Let's just do some easy stuff. You know, you don't want to stretch too much and then, you know, inhibit any of that, you know, performance benefits that you're trying to get. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the same thing The ultimately, you know, patients will ask you, you know, when do I do these stretches? Do I do them in the morning, do a night during my workout, the middle of my workout after my workout and I think one of the main things is, uh, you know, warming up nice and easy before getting the blood flow. And then after the workout, getting a good stretch session in. And that'll usually, that's kind of the safest approach. You can definitely stretch before, but I've definitely noticed it being much safer. if You can do it after the fact. Right, right. So, so length tension relationships.
0: Let's talk about that a little bit. And how do we make fundamental long lasting change with our stretches? I mean,
1: what, what have you found to be?
0: beneficial and effective
1: so i actually want to hear your answer on this one uh, you're throwing all the tough ones for me today but sorry <laughs> no it's okay i love it i love it i love it so yeah so like long-term changes i mean sometimes are going to take either a a lot of time or a lot of tension right that's kind of working out that's how muscles adapt time under tension mm-hmm. so you can either do it a little bit of tension for a lot of time Right, or add more tension for a shorter period of time. <laughs> um, again, that's going to go back to what it is people are looking for, and what specifically do you mean by length tension relationship? Does that mean, well, like, I mean, I just think I just feel like some people just have maybe anatomical
0: differences, maybe their hips yep. are a little bit different, maybe they have a retroverted, introverted hip, right? They squat different. We can't put everyone in one box where they right. all squat the same, but maybe someone. Does have more of a anterior pelvic tilt. They have extended hamstring length, and maybe that's me. I think it is me a little bit, and maybe that's why I'm always chronically tight. But it does give me some benefits in other ways, but negative in others too. So, I just want yeah, to see, you're so smart and all this. I just want to see your thoughts.
1: No, absolutely, I, I do agree. Like that, that lumbo-pelvic complex. So when you ever you have, whenever you have an anterior t- pelvic tilt you know, I think J-Lo booty, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of sticking the butt out. That is going to increase the length of that hamstring, right? So the insertion point moves north, basically. The quads are shortened. The hip flexors are shortened, which is where we were talking about kind of getting the hip flexors and quads to disassociate. What I'm really saying is put your pelvis in a better position. Now you can use your quads and your hip flexors to control that position, but that will then indirectly put those hamstrings into a better spot by kind of posterior tilting your pelvis. Um, But that's why going after things like the hip flexors or the quads are better, because sometimes those muscles are a little bit tighter, a little bit stronger, and sometimes directly going after the hamstring is a little bit tougher versus getting the the pelvic tilt right uh, via the quads or the hip flexors. Right. So what are your, I mean, I haven't talked to you in, in,
0: I guess, some time directly, but what are some of your like maybe go to hip flexor stretches, glute medius exercises that you started off doing, maybe you've changed since you initially started. Um, what have you found to be kind of the most effective at this point in time?
1: Yeah, and I mean, this is something I give to almost all of my patients. and It's just a good measure, um, The just the wall stretch, the couch stretch, where it's kind of, you know, it's like you're taking a knee back in the day, but you mm-hmm. put that back leg up onto a wall or onto a couch. So it's like a quad stretch. The knee is fully flexed and you're stretching out that hip flexor. I like the wall to block you there with the foot kind of up into plantar pointed, uh, flexion just to lock absolutely everything up and almost come down from a, uh, hands on the ground position to try to then pull your body up, um, and rip that hip flexor open. That's my go-to man. I give that to so many people. It's just, it's so good. I know you've, what's your favorite. First of all, before I go to my next one,
0: it's mine's a couch stretch. Yeah, yeah. same one. Yeah. when I first started in CrossFit, you know, in chiropractic school, I looked like an idiot. I mean, I could not even get close to the, I mean, I had to use like boxes, build up the boxes. Now I can do it nice. pretty easy, but I still sometimes have to grab the foam roller, some support. But um, I'm very tight. I mean, I've always been a tight guy. Yeah, but, uh, I've come a long ways, and that's one of my go to stretches. And how long do you have your patients hold it? I know there's some, you know, differences and opinion
1: there. I, let, I want them, this is my time because the tension is kind of going to be flat and whatever it is in that kind of static stretch. And there are some people that will kind of bounce their hips forward or kind of twist their arms or just kind of sit there. I like to give my patients less information. I'm just like, you need to stay there for about three minutes because they'll nice. get there and they'll start sweating. And I'm just saying at least three minutes of just sweating and trying to breathe and relax there. So that's just letting that time and tension feel a bit more normal and natural. So three minutes, but then it's also a good measure of your, your, how you're progressing or not progressing. People will be like, oh, my back is still hurting. And I'll say, how's that stretch? And they're like, well, I got some work to do. And I'm like, okay, then, then, you know, so you know. Right. And for anyone who's maybe like not even tried
0: this, maybe they're a beginner. Uh, was there anything you make them do before that? Any kind of, I don't know, lacrosse ball work? Foam roller work before they get, even go to the couch stretch, or do you have them just go straight
1: to the couch stretch? Oh, I get them straight into that sucker. Uh, nice. Sometimes nice. I won't have them uh, go all the way up. I'll put a chair in front of them so that they can kind of put their hands on the chair and kind of push themselves up a little bit. Um, some people I'll just have them down almost in the three-point position, where basically, you know, they're down there, down set and hut, and they're just going to stay down there, and they can slowly work their way up. Um, I'm fine with that. I'm totally nice. fine with that. Nice. And, um, yeah, so yeah, three, so
0: a good, go ahead. I was just going to say, so three minutes, um, Kelly Starrett, I've heard a long time because like, it takes two minutes to make actual physical changes in the soft tissue anatomy. So are you under that premise as well? Is that why you have them go a little bit longer, that three minutes to make sure they're yeah. actually making
1: changes that last? Yeah, absolutely. I just want them to know they're in it for the long haul and just to get comfy there. But yeah, to to cover that, cause then they're going to squirm around a little bit. Like you, you've you done it, you know, mm-hmm. and it takes oh, yeah. a second to kind of settle down. So I don't know when the two minute clock like officially starts. So three minutes is my safe marker.
0: I love it. I love it. So do you do it every day or just when they are working out? You prescribe every day, stretch? every day, every single day.
1: Especially for a patient that's hurting, uh, and definitely after a good workout, like, I think a lot of people take their workout home with them, rather than take the workout and then stretch, try to get your normal body back, and then cool down and go home. That's a, that's a good point. I'm guilty of that. I'm
0: like, oh, I just got done with the workout. I need to get home. I'll go stretch later. That later usually never happens.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> That later happens the next morning when you wake up and they're like, oh man, I'm hurting. And then they go, oh, do I need a new bed? Or or is my pillow killing me? Hey man, it's because you forgot to do stuff last night. You know, it's like blaming the highway for running out of gas. That's not, right. you you should have (laughs) filled up way back there. Right, I love that, I love that. All right, I'm gonna definitely link to the
0: couch stretch for anyone listening here. So what's your your next stretch or your next mobility or stability tip?
1: Yeah. So I, I would actually jump through and I've kind of posted this actually recently. Um, it's kind of an old school one from back in the day. You know, when you used to walk down the field and kick your foot up real high. Yes. Across the I body? saw that. Yeah. Yep. Dude, this is the, the, the elasticity. So there's a famous quote. If your muscles are not elastic, they'll become plastic. Ooh, I like that. Right. It rhymes. You can't forget it now. Can't forget it. Uh, so uh, like, you know, your muscles ability to stretch and relax. And so those, those kicking ones, a allow that long tension relationship, which is what you're doing when you're running, Mm -hmm. you want them to be bouncy and elastic. And it, it's not hard. It's under a controlled setting and you can kind of build in some of that space and elasticity over a repeated period of time. So like, I'll try to get like a hundred of those done per leg during my workouts. A hundred. 100 per leg so this is like you're
0: doing like a lower body
1: split or you do it every day uh no i'll do it three times a week i'll do it three times a week yeah usually with my lower lower body sometimes i'll mix if i'm doing upper body i'll mix in the lower body just kind of it's my rest between sets and so this is the thing with those kicks if you're kicking the leg way up the tension might be really high in your hamstring but the time is very quick so I need to do a hundred of those to accumulate some time with that quick kick tension. I love it. And what's the other move that you
0: uh, you posted about? You did the the forward hamstring swing, and then you did the backwards kind of leg
1: kind of flip, butt kick, butt whip, butt but whip, whip yes. Yeah. yeah. So and that has to do with your ability. So your hamstring lengthens and it also contracts. The thing it also does is help get that pelvis. To, you want your. Uh, hamstring flexible inflection and extension right because ah, hamstring okay. is one of the weird muscles that crosses two joints it goes pelvic femur femoral down through the tibia as well so it's a kind of a complicated muscle there is your hamstring more of a distal or proximal problem well i make sure we to go both ends nice i love
0: that that's awesome so you've been doing that for yourself now recently for how long
1: so I mean, only about a month now, but you can really tell a difference, man. A, it's very taxing. Uh, I'd be interested to see. Let me know when, once you try it how good it is. But, like, it's very taxing. But then afterwards, you're like, I'm all wobbly, bobbly. It's wonderful, man. That's awesome.
0: All right, I'm going to start doing that. Yeah, because I, I only do, or I did only do about 20 hamstring swings, you know, beginning of a workout. You know, a lot of CrossFit, yeah. r- crossfit boxes will do that as part of the dynamic kind of type warm-up. But we didn't do the kicks or the leg whips. We might do some butt kicks, but the whip is a little bit more intense, and it looks awesome.
1: It looks awesome. So, It's intense, but yeah, it, man, it, you, I think here's the other idea in terms of your muscle being very contracted, kind of a, mm-hmm. t- in a tight state. Sometimes um, you could almost... It's usually the kind of athletes that are like, I got to go do CrossFit. I needed to go do CrossFit. I just, I feel I'm really tense. CrossFit is like my meditation. You know what I mean? I'm not mm-hmm. a meditator. I can go work out and burn it out. So sometimes if those muscles are very tense and you make them more tense, more tense, more tense, they'll finally just go and relax. Does that make right. sense? Yeah. Kind of the same thing as a good CrossFit workout where you're like, oh, I needed that. That was a good relief. So it's the same thing with the heel whip where you're just going to contract it all the way just till it kind of burns out.
0: So that's kind of getting like kind of neurological, getting past that, you know, you're sensitive, you're sensitive, you're sensitive and you do it over and over again. So you're not as sensitive and you're less sensitive. And then eventually you don't have those tension receptors, maybe the Golgi tendon organs, you know, in your tendons that aren't. Let's say, okay, we give up. You're going to do this to me every single day. We're not going to be tight anymore.
1: We're safe now. We don't have to be guarded. Precisely. I think that has to do with like the foam rolling too. That's one of the secrets of foam rolling, I think. I, do you still have your, your, your people foam roller? I love the foam roller, you know, and yeah. there's a lot of
0: controversy over, over what it's actually doing, right? I mean, is it breaking up tissue? Is it breaking up fascia? That's kind of been debunked, but I know I see results, patients see results, everyone I prescribe it sees a benefit. And so, yeah, I want to see your thoughts on foam rolling.
1: Yeah, the same thing. I think people get are like, and look, the people that are arguing about it are also kind of like higher level clinicians. It's really not patients being like, this has not been effective for me. And really, it's people arguing over what is the logistics of what's happening? Are the beta fibers over dominating the theta and alpha neural? You're like, hey, do you feel better? Okay, right. great. Keep doing it. You know what I mean? Maybe we haven't exactly figured out what specifically is happening, but that's okay as long as those benefits are you know positive. That's what I, exactly. that's my that's my take. Yeah, but I think you 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 said it perfectly in terms of the Golgi tendons being less sensitive. You know, it is just building down, wearing down that sensitivity, building tissue tolerance. That's what working out is on just on a different level. Right. Exactly. Yeah, so
0: I, yeah, everyone's like, well, you shouldn't foam roll your IT bands. It takes 10,000 pounds of force, you know, to break this apart. But I'm like, yeah, but when you, after I foam roll, I, I don't know. I'm not as tight there. I can, I can touch there. I'm not as sensitive. My calves, when I foam roll, I just feel like I get better blood flow to them. Then it makes my other stretches more effective. I, I, I love foam rolling. I think there's benefits there. I, I read, I heard a podcast and I read a kind of a paper on, I don't know if you've read this or not, about hyaluronic acid being kind of in this, collagen bound matrix and then how foam rolling can actually like break down some of that that unbound water, make it more bound and kind of change the collagen tissues a little bit over time. So that was- I'll take it.
1: On cellular level, yeah, something's happening. We know that. I'll take it. I mean, especially I think for just your general population, it's an easy modality that, you know, that just works. You know, I mean, I do think there comes, one of the other arguments is that there comes a time when maybe foam rolling you can surpass it. you know. I remember when I first started being a chiropractor, I foam rolled every day. And then there was a point in time I needed to get a PVC pipe to foam roll. I'm sure you know guys who use a PVC pipe. Yeah, yeah. And I outgrew the PVC pipe. So, I mean, it's just a part of a progression. But I do think it's a great starting place for like most people out there. Right. And then it goes to the PVC
0: pipe. Then it's to the barbell. Then it's to the barbell oh. smashing Yeah, <laughs> on the quad. Do you do the
1: barbell smashing? I mean, that's some good K-Star stuff. I never, I was like, I think I'm good at this point.
0: I did. You know, one of our CrossFit, uh, owners made us do it, you know, and I did and I would oh. never prescribe it to patients. Right. Cause it was like, this is way too intense for like what we're dealing with or your little back pain. Yeah. But, uh, I did it yesterday just because I had the bar nice. resting. I was doing some, uh, some pelvic thrusts. I had the nice. bar there. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to, see what happens. And it still hurt. It's still hurts. Yeah.
1: I like it on my tricep. I like I've in very few like I don't know how to I, foam rolling doesn't really work on my tricep because I can't get enough tension on it. Mm-hmm. But I do think I like that barbell on my tricep. That's like the only place other than that I'm like, ah, I'm good. I'm okay. That's tough.
0: <laughs> I like it for thoracic mobility. I like it for calves, a quick hamstring rollout quads. I, I really haven't foam rolled as meticulously as I once did, but I still it's still in my arsenal. It yep. still sits there. So. Absolutely.
1: No, it's good. I love it.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I know there's a big kind of emphasis on like functional range conditioning, like controlling the range of motion. And uh, have you played around with this yet? Have you seen any benefits with your patients versus static stretching?
1: Yeah. I mean, I honestly don't use it too much with my patients. Uh, it's a, just an interesting way that I've thought about perhaps kind of assessing uh, people. Okay. Uh, it's just kind of a different way to look at uh, how joints move all together. So you're talking about the FRC and Dr. Andrea Spina, the the functional range fitness. They've got a couple of different people where the, uh, they'll do an assessment uh, and then they do kind of the rehab portion. But they also have a really detailed like manual therapy portion. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, so they're, and they're, they're Kairos, they're Canadian Kairos, so they're weird. But, uh, you know, God bless, but, um, but, but yeah, so, so they look at the joint a little bit differently than say, like, let's just say your traditional American chiropractor would, Uh, they're just looking at how far it moves. So like, say they talk about a joint kind of circle, right? Like if you moved your arm back around and went into an entire circle, you would notice that that circle wasn't a perfect circle, most likely. And that there would be little hitches in the giddy up of your circle. And that those little places were points through your range of motion that were not full and complete. Um, And the way to address that would to go and be, and find those ranges that you lacked in essentially. So really the only place I use it with my patients is kind of uh, small joints and the neck. So like if you just did a neck, like kind of a big circle, you know, there would be points through that neck where they would be like, oh, it kind of pops, it kind of hurts. But the idea is if the movement is controlled, if there's controlled tension, then you can kind of slowly open up that circle, open up your range of motion very slowly. The one thing I don't like about it is they take forever. <laughs> and so I want to get people better yesterday. And so right. some of this stuff has, you're doing it for weeks and weeks on end, um, so it's one of the reasons why I don't really use it with patients. It just takes forever, but it's something good. I like to give patients like at the end of this, I'm like, Hey, we're discharging. It was time to go, but I need you to move your neck in a big circle every morning. Just warm it up, get it moving through that entire range. Uh, just to prep your muscles and joints. Right. Cause you get patients
0: better fast and, you know, three, four visits, you know, you know, very quickly, and yeah, I think me and you are both on the same page. We like to do the things that are the minimum effective dose, you know, getting people better as quick as possible, you know, in the most effective manner. So maybe it's, hey, let's give you the biggest bang for your buck exercises like Absolutely. the couch stretch. Yep. What, what
1: other stretches? Going back to that. What other stretches? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, you asked me about a glute stretch for sure. And there's one, I mean, so a lot of people call it the pigeon stretch. Mm-hmm. But it's a, I do it a little bit differently, obviously. Like, I wouldn't do it normally like a normal person. Right. Okay, so <laughs> in terms of the pigeon, when people do it, they'll put one leg, kind of an external rotation, right? And then that back leg kind of goes back. Now, say your right leg is kind of perpendicular, right? That's the leg in front. Uh-huh. And the left leg typically goes back into the left. Now, I don't like that. I like the leg to go back into the right because you're trying to stretch out the right hip. And I call that back leg kind of the rudder. And so if you see oh, people doing okay. the pigeon, they're stretched out the hip. But as that other leg is going away from the body, it's shifting your weight out of that hip that's forward. So it makes absolutely no sense. So whatever that hip is forward, say your right hip is down, that back leg needs to go back into the right as much as possible. So you can shift weight back into that hip. So it's a pigeon, but you're going the correct way, I think. <laughs> Does that make sense? Interest,
0: yeah, that makes sense. Just a small little squeak there. That's why you're the musculoskeletal wizard, wizard. Okay. You any other stretch? Yeah, yeah. So minimal effective dose. We got the couch I'm stretch, sure. pigeon stretch. Any other stretches, mobility? You add?
1: Yeah. So any kind of a groin, leg whips. Big, leg whips. Oh yeah, the leg whips and the leg kicks are awesome. Uh, I think one of the big overlooked parts of the hip is the groin. People for whatever reason ignore the groin. I know you don't, but there are a lot of people who will just work the hip flexor and maybe give a little bit of a stretch to the groin. The groin, there's a lot of hip all through the inside of there, and so I like kind of the NHL hockey kind of rock back one. You're on one knee and one leg is out, and then you kind of shift back. Yes, uh, yes, and rock into the hip. I love that one. I love you know just a. I think groin stretches or groin exercises are widely missed. Uh, in our field um why do you think that is it's just a smaller group of muscles i don't think people complain about it as much but i think if you ever you know palpated or did some manual therapy you would find some problems through the groin um it's just not a very fancy muscle group either yeah i think it's more of a sensitive area so sometimes as clinicians we're like ah
0: we need to stretch there we're not going to palpate there right for obvious reasons but um sure but, um, yeah, yeah, so. but
1: it extends all the way down to the right. knee. You know what I mean? So you don't have to be all up in someone's pubic symphysis to get sure. them some relief. But I do think a lot of groin stretches are kind of missing. If, for your CrossFit people, I would say a Cossack squat. Mm. Uh, though, explain a that a little bit. Bro? Yeah. So um, imagine just like a groin stretch, right? So let's just have your, your feet are super wide. You're holding a, a kettlebell typically in front of your chest. You shift your weight over to the left, let's say. So your right leg will be straight. You're kind of bending on the left. And it's almost like a one-legged squat down into the side while one leg is split out, mm-hmm. right? Okay, yes, yeah. Uh, and so that's kind of a Cossack squat. The, the, the Cossack dance, I guess the Russians do, is that when they stay down there and they shift from side to side at the bottom of that squat. So imagine you're in a one-legged squat, but one leg is way out to the side. And then you try to stay as low as you can and switch to the other side oh man that'll rip open your groin something fierce Uh, yeah so that's not the that's
0: not the beginner move right yes yeah (laughs) ease into that for sure uh (laughs) and uh yeah i i have played around with it my hips are too tight i mean I, i can do it sometimes with the kettlebell if i have like i have some weight behind me i can get into it but i don't look as as graceful as the other people
1: I like to get, you know, one of those big green bands. If you're in a box, you're in a CrossFit box, get one of those big green bands tied up to a rack and just hold on it and let it kind of pull you back. So you can kind of sit back and you can have that pull you forward and then, you know, shift left and right. And then you can slowly get a little lower as you go. But one of those big green bands usually is a pretty good counterbalance to help kind of beginners with that one. I would
0: say. So for your leg that's extended, is your heel going to be up? Or do you have that foot planted as well?
1: Um, I think people that would be strict would be like, Oh, those feet stay planted the whole time. Sure. Okay. uh, You know, let it go up. It's not a big deal.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. So adductors, I mean, they tie into the hamstrings of course. Right. So that's a big thing that I probably need to start working on more, but a lot of people haven't heard of that. They don't think about that. They don't think that that's going to have any issues probably with their hamstrings and they probably should. So well, you don't so feel, guess,
1: unless you, unless you don't feel it, then it's not a problem. You know, it's, it's the, we, I'm sure you work on people's hip flexors and they're like, well, I don't doesn't hurt there. What, what are we doing with the hip flexors? Right. That,
0: but yeah, usually if you're feeling the hip flexors on the psoas, iliacus, they're, they're going to feel something. Especially yeah, if they exactly. have that
1: Their symptoms, they're not feeling their symptoms there. They're like, my right. back hurts. Not,
0: yeah. Oh yeah. That's almost normal. Like I'm already, I'm already like, yeah, you're not going to feel any pain there until I touch it. Then you're going to exactly. be like, oh man. Okay. 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 Uh,
1: a hundred percent i'm
0: like sweating thinking about getting my psoas treated golly oh
1: no (laughs) thanks
0: every time every time that's why i'm doing the couch stretch that's why i do the couch stretch so if i have to get it treated then i will at least be a little bit more desensitized uh, absolutely to to that for sure okay so i think we nailed a lot of the mobility exercises what are some strengthening stability type work that you're going to prescribe for someone with some hamstring imbalances
1: Yeah. I mean, like, so some straight leg deadlifts are probably where I'm going to start off with, you know, pretty lightweight. Um, Maybe we'll go to some one-legged deadlifts if you're advanced or have an athletic background, but that's kind of the slow and hamstrings respond respond really well to the eccentric. So, you know, going up and down really nice and slow. And I like to tie it in with the rest of the body movement, you know? Sure. Right. What Uh, do you think about uh, Nordic Naturals? Nordic naturals are awesome, man. Uh, People have such a hard time doing them. Uh, If you can, A, find a place where you can kind of trap your heels under, right? Or Mm. a buddy who's going to hold them down. Uh, The other thing I've noticed that's tough with Nordic is that they take a long time to get better at. And so uh, I think for someone like you, who's like, let's make this a mobility project. This three months, I'm going to work on my hamstrings for the next three months. Work on your Nordic Naturals again. Going back to like how I think about it with patients, I want you in and out and you know done. And so Nordics take—it's a—it's a great investment in the long term. For the short term, they're so hard to do, man. I mean, I don't know if when was the last time you did some Nordics? I uh, I tried yesterday. Oh yeah. Literally, I, I was like putting weights
0: on my calves. I was like doing all these things and. You know, it's hard. Like this is It's like the compliance. It's hard to get in that position. No one was home. And I couldn't have my wife like grab me or anything. So I was like, okay, yeah. I'm just gonna do like a half Nordic, modified Nordic. You know,
1: yeah, it's hard. Controlled. Yeah, very hard. But 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 if you got you know a little bit of weight and you did some slow kind of deadlifts up and down, you know that would you would definitely feel your hamstrings a little bit more there. So just compliance wise, ease wise. Yeah. If you're sold out and you are just, you're like, I'm going to get my hamstrings. I'm going to spend six months on my hamstrings, man. There was actually, it's funny. There was a video the other day of James Harrison, the the Steelers linebacker from way oh, back in yeah. the day. I'm sure you've seen him. Oh yeah. Monster of a beast right. of a man. Yeah. Still works out. He's like, I don't know. He's older now, but he's still working out and he has someone doing uh Nordic negative. Right. And so he went down and he could not – he literally started to lift the guy up that was holding him because he couldn't come back up. If James Harrison can't do him, then I'm going to let you pass on your Nordic name. Oh, thank you, Dr. Sibolsky. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think I was calling it Nordic naturals. I think I was calling it the fish oil. It's not that. That was it's the fish. It's the Nordic negative, guys. Yeah excuse my excuse my french
1: fish oil is valuable for musculoskeletal injuries as well i'm i'm not i don't know nearly as much nutrition as you do so i'll let you take that one but that, my mind was just saying nordic Naturals because i
0: talk about that all the time and i was like no we're not talking about that we're talking about the exercise it's not oh. nordic naturals it's a
1: nordic negative got it but <laughs> so, well, I, I, I do I, think I, I love your by the way your nutrition stuff is awesome man I wish I could spend a little bit more time to study and focus on it, but I really loved hearing all your nutrition stuff. You're a little. Oh, I, appreciate it.
0: I appreciate it, man. I, I've always loved nutrition. I just never had like the time, right. Cause we were so focused on the hour, hour our patients. We couldn't yeah. dive into nutrition and kind of wasn't part of the, the model. So it's, it's fun to, to get out there and study. There's so much stuff in nutrition oh, as the rehab world as well. So always new emerging science and research, but, um, So yeah, Nordic, Nordic negatives. Um, If you can't do that, what would be another, I guess, exercise? Maybe a glute medius, do do you tie in those a lot? I know you do.
1: um. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah. Anything to get that lateral hip. So like, yeah, opening up the groin. Uh, I like kind of the, um, actually a friend of mine, get one of those big uh, balls, Swiss balls. If you're an athlete, you can get a medicine ball pin it to the side of the wall so stand next to the wall you lift one leg up to about 90 degrees other legs on the ground and that other knee is pushing that ball pinning it into the wall if you don't have uh, a ball you can just push your knee into the wall Mm -hmm. so it's almost like a march and you push your knee out i like the ball because it gives a little bit of a kickback and resistance and you also have a little bit to kind of hold up because that ball will fall in other words, if that's, if it's a medicine ball, you really got to push that knee out into the wall. And that other leg is just kind of in an athletic stance. So just a little bit bent as you hold that ball into the wall and man, it'll light up the outside of your glute real fast. It sounds like it. I'm going to try that. Yeah, for sure. So um, that's a real fun one. Yeah. What do you use for, glu- for your glutes, glute medius? I'm I'm like the lateral hip abduction on the ground to
0: yeah. fatigue back forth, lateral you know backwards uh, circles circumduction, yeah. glute. I love monster walks. I do monster walks routinely all the awesome. time. Yeah, step ups, step downs, basic yeah. stuff.
1: Yeah. No, 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 that's not big. That's essential stuff. I would, I would call it Uh, foundational, foundational, essential, foundational. I I figured you knew the foundational stuff and I was, I'm going to try to give a little bit of a next level. I think all that stuff is awesome. And especially, you know, you got to find out like a lot of the patients, I'm not giving them a ball to stick on the wall just because they're going to fall over and break their neck, you know? Right. So we're doing a lot of, we're going to do a lot of clamps to start with. Sometimes I'll put clamps with their back to the wall. I like, clams recently with their feet on the wall uh okay. so that's just a fun little tidbit uh if they can keep their foot you'll see people's foot start to come off the wall so they're using their foot to get their hip mobility but if you can keep that foot planted on the wall or on the ground like in life <laughs> right. then you can see how much of that hip you actually move ah love it love those tips yeah i've been um.
0: So if it's a runner, maybe, and I know they have a weak glute med, I can tell on their gaits that they're collapsing on every time they, they take a step or they, or they're landing on that foot. I might do like the runner's pose, have them on the wall with one hip, engaging that glute, you know, contracting, relaxing. I might do that with them. Nice. But I just try to make it relative to the sports at hand. I think everyone's glutes are weak. Usually. It's true. It's (laughs) true, man
1: unless you're a tennis player or a pickleball player, you know, you're doing a lot of lateral motions. So. It's very true. Glutes are hard to turn on, man. And hard to keep on, you know, but yeah, that's why, you know, what happens when the foot hits the ground. So I try to as much upright as I can. And plus generally as well for patients, you know, depends on what kind of patients you're treating. Are they laying on the ground or would they prefer to just kind of stand up and just fire some stuff really quick? You know, your compliance kind of goes up in that sense as well. Awesome. So kind of coming into like some longevity aspects and I just want to
0: shoot know you have some patients that are coming in and they do everything right. And you've been doing this for nine years and you've seen like some of these maybe older patients, I wouldn't say older, but maybe like 50s, 60s, and they do everything right. They have like a minor tweak here and there, but like, what are their secrets? What are they doing to stay healthy in their elder years or older years? Is it stretching every day? Is it having a, a goal? What have you seen with these patients and how can we learn from them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's really small things kind of done a lot. I mean, they have little habits that they don't view as a a, a task. They're like, man, I gotta do my foam rolling today. Like they are excited to take their Nordic naturals. They're excited to drink their water. They're excited to eat their kale greens. You know what I mean? And they're right. little things that just kind of become part of their life. So I would say in terms of like want making some of these things a habit, start small and then slowly add on until they just start to become nor- normal. Because some people will start and be like, I want to be a marathon runner and I'm going to do my 20 mile run this weekend. And they're like, I can't keep that up. That's my body's not ready for that. You know, how do you eat an elephant? You know, one bite at a time. Inch by inch, life's a cinch. Uh, Yard by yard makes it hard. And it rhymes so you'll remember it. Um, If it's not elastic, it's plastic. Thank you.
0: I think (laughs) we're all learning.
1: But no, but but like, you know, set a long-term goal. If it's longevity, like that's what I'm kind of moving towards with my kind of mobility goals, with my kicks and stuff. I'm like you know what? I've done this for nine years now. What I'd like to see by the end of this year is that my deadlift is up 50 pounds. You know, I I once saw a guy who said if every week you put an extra two and a half pound uh, uh, plate on your deadlift, you would increase your deadlift by a hundred pounds every year. 50, 50 something weeks, two pounds, two pounds a week. Your deadlift is up a hundred pounds. Yep. And so that that's the principle that I'm kind of sticking with here.
0: Yeah, and I think you have to fall in love with it too. It's you know it's a good thing to have quick success in anything, but you got to fall in love with the process. You got to fall in love with the stretching. Like stretching is just normal to me. I just do it. I enjoy it. No. I enjoy waking up not as stiff the next day. And if it's anecdotal or, or not, I I feel better when I do it. And we don't have any. I've looked there. I haven't found it unless you've seen it. I haven't seen any like long-term studies of stretchers versus non stretchers on, you know, feelings of tightness or anything yeah. like that. But uh, you can just tell, you can tell yeah. people who, who stick to the process, who work out, who are healthy, they stretch, they warm up, they cool down. They don't wait till they get home. They never to never do it. Like I do sometimes. Yeah. So you, you kind of see those, those people. And I'm like, I want to model after them. Cause I'm getting to that point. I'm like, look, I don't, I don't need to be, as fast or as strong or whatever i have two kids i can have the dad bod it's fine or or, or semi dad bod but you know i, I want to be healthy shame, man
1: You're yeah I,
0: I, I just want to be healthy i just want to be yep. healthy yep. and i, want, I don't want to have pain and i don't want to preserve, preserve my joints i don't want to be beating at my joints like i was doing in my 20s you know with the competitive crossfit stuff and running stuff yeah. so now i just want to be healthy
1: yeah. But look, I want to ask you real quick. I know what's your longevity nutritional thing? Like, what's the one thing you wish, you know, guys in their twenties, thirties started to do before? What, what would you, have?
0: man, it, just to be simple, it'd probably be magnesium. It would, I mean, it's so simple. Cool. If you're tight, muscle yeah. t- tension, tightness and uh magnesium, not the, not the oxides. So if you need to go to the bathroom, that's the one you would take. There's different forms of magnesium now. So yeah, like a mag glycinate it's going to be kind of neuro but there's okay. also a magnesium malate. So I take a blend. It's got malate, it's got glycinate, and it's also got a little bit of citrate just to get the elemental nice. form. But um, yeah. I take that supplement every single morning, two capsules. And when I get home, I'll take like all the other stuff in my pantry, but the magnesium is the only one on my counter because I think that's the most important one. Yeah, that I need. I think everyone needs magnesium. We just don't get enough from our diet unless you're just pounding almonds all day long. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I'm not.
1: Yeah. But I have uh, another question for you. This yeah. is a good one for the patient. I have a, I have two patients like this actually now, and I don't have enough research to combat them, okay. but, uh, and you know how I practice, but these people bruise, like I look at them funny and they start bruising a strong gust of wind comes, the AC turns on in the clinic and they start bruising. Like these people bruise. And I've, then I started asking them about some other stuff and they're like, I was like, so what sort of supplements are you taking? They're both very holistic and very healthy. Mm-hmm. And four hours later, they were done telling me the laundry list of things they were taking. And they were t- saying things like B12, vitamin K, vitamin D. But then they were like, I take a pill for stress and it's all natural. And I take, they take a bunch of stuff. I might argue too much. Okay, is is that a thing where you're like you almost overdose with like overnatural natural supplements? What? what well, what's your with take the, on that? yeah,
0: with anything like I mean, the Google's out there, and you you Google hamstring tightness and you find all these different conflicting answers telling me not to form roll, tell me to form roll. Same with supplements, same with yeah. vitamins. You take all these vitamins because someone else said it was good, and the vitamin industry is crazy. Like it is filled with some, a lot of nonsense, a lot of bro science, but there's also some really good reputable companies that are like sure. doing things the right way, getting vitamins, like the magnesium thing, like in the right, the right forms that actually get into the cell. So some vitamins, I don't know exactly what brand she was taking, but some
1: yeah,
0: like, meth, like B vitamins, for example, a lot of times they need to be methylated to actually get wow. incorporated into the cell. So there's like the extracellular space and then there's the intracellular space of red blood right. cells, et cetera, And, Omega-3s need to be in there, zinc, magnesium, selenium, you know, just to name a few. They yeah. need to be able to get inside the cell and they need ions, like zinc is a positive ion. So it needs kind of like ion like quercetin. So they're talking about COVID now with quercetin being able to allow zinc to get into the cells to stop, you know, RNA replication yeah. for viruses. So huh. that, that's my, there's so many things to go into and a lot of it's yeah. nuance. but um, I would say have, If she has her, tell her to go somewhere that someone who can do like some functional medicine testing, like do a nutrient evaluation say, Hey, see what vitamins are actually getting absorbed, what you're deficient in. Right. That's where you'll be able to like narrow down that list instead of taking everything and just guessing this one working. No. Then you forget like, well, I felt better on the vitamin D, but I don't know if I was bruising better. It's it's so hard to tell, but, um,
1: yeah. Like she told me that she was taking it and I was like, well, why do you take that one? She was like, well, it's good for you. And I was like, good for you for, for what? Like, did you find out you were deficient in that? So that's a good, I'll, I'll have to tell her to go get, I mean, cause yeah, vitamin D generally be like, yeah, it's good to take a zinc, but if you're deficient in them anyways. Okay. I'll have to, I'll have to give her so that So many Thanks. things,
0: but I think vitamin D is this vitamin D. I mean, getting that tested once a year is, I think critical. I think a lot of people don't do that enough. And a lot of times you go to a, like a, a regular doctor and your levels are above 30 they say, hey, like you're you're good, you're you're uh, you're adequate, but we don't. There's a difference between adequate and optimal, and a lot of practitioners' research shows that you need to get levels in a 50 to 60, sometimes even higher than that. You know, some people say like 50 to 80 is the optimal range. And vitamin D and musculoskeletal health is huge. And for vitamin D levels are low,
1: yeah, you're
0: not going to be functioning the same. Your immune system's going to be off. Uh, your healing's going to be off. Right. and so i don't know i think some of those ranges like they need to be updated like the rdas for example like you just need a lot more of a lot of these things but right. just making sure you don't get rickets or scurvy is kind of how you know so the bare yeah. bare the bare bare minimum for rdas so Understood. i don't know there's so many things we could talk about for that patient
1: yeah no that's a good start I, i'll i have her get tested like a functional medicine doctor i think that's perfect i got right. something thanks man Jeez. yeah you got it man you got
0: it so Anything else for anyone who's got chronically tight hamstrings, uh, and they're stretching? They've been stretching. I guess what would your what would be your time frame to say, hey, they've been stretching for six
1: months, nothing's changed. Like, what, or maybe three months? Okay, okay. If you're stretching for six months, uh, we need to talk. I want to see those hamstrings. But yeah, I would look towards the opposite side, the the hip flexors or the quads. I've seen a lot, there's plenty of good research to back this up, and I stole this from my buddy Nick, uh, that your foot and ankle are just going to be often trashed. So sometimes the foot and ankle doesn't move very well, and I would kind of look into doing some perhaps dorsiflexion work, plantar flexion, sitting kind of child's pose. But generally, if you're running and your base is all messed up as well, uh, you're gonna have some problems upstream, if if you will. It's like someone driving their car and they see that the steering wheel is kind of shaky, and you're like, I gotta get a new steering wheel. Maybe, but perhaps those wheels are out of alignment. You know what I mean? Right. Something so, is off, and your car is telling you something right now that we need to get
0: this checked out. So that's awesome. It. Yeah. Always look. Yes, yeah, so I think always look upstream. Always look downstream. Figure out. Go go see someone like Doctor Sabolski if you're in Central Texas and figure out what is going on he can do a full you know full functional assessment on you figure out why you're not uh why you're bruising why you're not bruising
1: no he, he can figure That's, out a that lot I almost send, i'll send them to you for that one but yeah <laughs> okay that sounds Absolutely. good but yeah if you're in san antonio come hang out awesome all right so anything else we should add to that i mean no hip man. flexors <sighs> glute medius. okay that's a comprehensive. If anybody else still has problems, they need to they need to seek professional help. But no, I think if you get uh, give it give yourself a, a wider berth to work with people want things overnight. We live in a drive through microwave culture, mm-hmm. you know. Give it a little bit of time. Take your take your speed. And honestly, if you're just persistent and consistent, like kind of like your longevity thing, I think that you're going to be successful. If you're th- if you if you're three months in, you're pretty consistent with this stuff. Yeah, we got to talk about some PRP and some steroid injections or something. But uh, generally, just the consistency should take care of it.
0: Right. So, last thing on hamstrings. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I want to cover everything. But it seems like softball season or back when we could play sports, right? It's now we're in 2020. But it seems like I had every softball season, I had so many hamstring pulls. Someone would get a base hit. They would sprint to first base. Ooh, pull the hammy. So, If someone's getting ready for softball season, they haven't been active in a long time. They just played golf. You know, should we start doing it two months, three months? What would you like suggest getting warmed up for the sport, training for the sport of life and the sport of Mm -hmm. recreation? Yeah.
1: I mean that, so this is, I would go back to those heel whips and those front kicks because the, the pulls that they're getting are going from zero to a hundred really fast. You know, you're, you're just here. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, here we go. You know? And then furthermore, you know, run through the base. I'm not going to tell you how to play run to first base, but uh, a lot of people want to almost like stomp on that base. But if you can get prepared for it a month in advance by doing those, some of those kicks and, you know, maybe do some of those stop start sprints as well, wouldn't hurt. Uh, then I think you could be, you'd be okay. So we, so we can't just
0: start stretching that morning before the day of and be, be okay.
1: Unless you want to come visit me, go, go, go see the Fredericksons up. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Unless you that's want to all. come into our office, then I, I would not suggest that. Right. Awesome, man. Well, um,
0: anything that you've learned in this nine years that maybe you started doing that's kind of changed or evolved, and anything that you could add to this conversation today? Or you? I know you've been. I know you've been good since you came out of the womb, but um.
1: <laughs> I came out clinical in clinical mastery. No, I think, uh, I think it, the 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 message is to kind of slow down. Uh, and listen to your patients slow down and listen to your clients because a lot of times I think we overcomplicate things and I know that I kind of have starting off overcomplicating things I've got a lot of knowledge and I want to share it all right now but if I can just wait and find that gap in in the patient and I have to find out what gap that I'm filling for that person how I can serve that person how I can serve this podcast man you know, what gap can I fill? Because I've got a lot of filling, but I don't know if it's going into the right place. And so it's kind of just, you might not get it from this podcast, but sitting back and shutting up and just seeing where you can best serve the situation. I think that's where I've, I've been the most successful in, in my career. Awesome. So just being more present, focusing
0: on what matters and getting down to it. Now, I've asked this question before. I think you kind of would just say the same thing is if you had to put kind of a one or two sentences on a billboard for everyone in the world to see,
1: uh, what would that be? Man, gosh. Um, health, rela- health related. Hel- oh, health related. I was going to say call your mom and hug your grandma, but uh, that's good
0: too. That's good. That's really good. Isn't it? Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, man, health related. I would say uh, consistency. Little things, inch by inch, life's a cinch. Get into the gym three times a week, get there five times a week, but do it every week. Just make it a habit, keep it consistent.
0: I love it. And elastic is plastic.
1: Exactly. If
0: you're not elastic, you're plastic. That's it. Get bouncy, baby. Get bouncy. Awesome. Hey, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Um, Please let anyone listening, where they can find you, where they can find your podcast, where where you're on social,
1: and where they can find you physically yeah physically i'm at my house don't come here but <laughs> i'm also on instagram at the anatomy of therapy uh the anatomy of therapy podcast on itunes on youtube uh, but yeah i practice here in central texas for a Rosty, down at oakwell farms just south of the uh the airport near alamo heights um but yeah i really appreciate you having me on man today it was a blast i, I really awesome, enjoyed I this love,
0: I, yeah i miss talking to you man we got to do it again I soon know. so absolutely we'll have to have you on as well man i'd love to love to all right guys thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you next time peace Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, this is for informational purposes only. If you have an injury or are looking for advice on a certain particular subject, always consult your healthcare provider. We are only providing information in this podcast and video series only. Again, thank you so much for joining us. If you could subscribe, leave a comment on iTunes, it would really help us out. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Have a great day.